Welcome to this week's episode of the Ride of Your Life podcast. This week, for our main segment, Ryan and I will be sitting down to discuss the lies of the enemy, looking to God's word to answer some of those lies that Satan tries to tell us on a daily basis. All this and so much more on this week's episode. You don't want to miss a second, so go ahead and buckle up, because here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Rive Your Life podcast. Thank you all so much uh, for tuning in this week, and we truly mean it. And uh, thank you for just taking time out of your day to listen to <laughs> us, and it it means a lot. And uh, we don't take it for granted, but we do appreciate your love, support uh, for this ministry, and just uh, what God is doing through Rive Your Life Ministries. So. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. But um, we have a great show for you guys today. In our main segment, as I said in our cold opening, uh, we will be talking about the lies of the enemy and what Scripture has to say about those lies. And uh, God's Word is very clear about um, what the devil says. And uh, in Scripture, as we'll see, Satan has used even Scripture uh, to try to tempt us and manipulate it to what he wants to say instead of what God has to say. But we'll get to that in just a moment. We got our um, word for the word this week and some news for Rive Your Life uh, Ministries. But uh, to get things started, we'll go ahead and do our word from the word this week, which comes out of Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at specifically verse 12. And it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So uh, for this week's Word from the Word, uh, I want us to be reminded that on earth we are not fighting another person. We're not fighting another thing. We are fighting against the devil. And as it says here, um, we fight against principalities, against powers, uh, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against the devil. Daily we are fighting against the demonic powers and and the devil and his angels, as the Bible talks about. We fight against those. We don't fight against the man. So, as we see in our world right now, there's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of a lot of fighting, and it, it's flesh and blood. But daily, we all face this battle of fighting against the devil. And with that, we need to be prepared. We need to put on the full armor of God. And this is what this chapter talks about. Ephesians chapter 6 is the chapter that talks about the armor of God. And for those who don't know, I'll go through some of these real quick, um, but the Word of God talks about putting on armor daily for this spiritual battle against the devil. And uh, we, need, we need to be prepared. As a soldier is ready and prepared to fight in battle, he has his armor. And as Christians, as believers, we need to have our spiritual armor on daily to fight against the devil in this battle between good and evil. 
And uh, some of these pieces of armor that we have to put on daily is, um, in verse 14 it says, uh, having your loins girded with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness, which is uh, putting on truth daily, seeking truth. That is God's word. We got to know the truth. The Bible tells us if we know the truth, the truth will make us free. And then righteousness and putting on uh, God's righteousness on ourselves daily. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace in verse 15. Um, having the gospel with us daily and the gospel peace. And the gospel is peace. Uh, there, there's no other comforting thought in this world other than the gospel. That Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life with him in heaven if we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. Talking about the shield of faith, we have to have faith daily. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And without faith, we cannot defeat Satan. And it helps us quench the fiery darts of the wicked, as it says in verse 16. The helmet of salvation, uh, knowing Jesus Christ is our personal Lord and Savior, having salvation in Jesus Christ. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that, that's God's word. We, and as we'll see today in our main segment, we need to have God's word hidden in our hearts uh, so that we can easily uh, defeat the devil and all of his lies. So, And then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Um, prayer could do things that man cannot do. And as, as we'll see again later on, we'll be talking about God's word. And God, God's word instructs us to daily talk to him and he talks to us through his word but we need to talk to him in prayer so and that's the armor of god so daily we need to put on this armor to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil we need to stand against these lies that we're going to be talking about today so um our monday motivation this week is um remember that we don't fight against flesh and blood we don't fight against man we fight against the devil and his angels and wickedness and darkness of this world. So uh, that is our Monday motivation or our word from the word this week. But as far as announcements and things for Rive Life Ministries, um, we've been emphasizing this the past few weeks, uh, but we're getting down to crunch time with our season finale of this podcast. And as we announced this past week, we are having two great guests to wrap up this season. On November 6th, we have Sean from Behold the Beloved. We're, Ryan's going to be doing that interview with him on that, and you don't want to miss it. And then on November 27th, we're having Extreme Thrills. Um, Derek and Kara Abbey, um, the creators of that uh, channel and all that content, they'll be joining Ryan and myself for the interview, and you don't want to miss it. And uh, be sure to share it with some friends, uh, whether they're <laughs> Christian rock, Christian music fans, or they're fans of Extreme Thrills, whatever it may be. Uh, ha- share that with them, and uh, we know the gospel will be presented in both, and that they can hear about the hope and help of Jesus Christ, and how they can know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So don't miss that. And We'll be going through some other things here and there throughout the rest of the season. We have a fun episode and a bonus episode next week. And it's kind of a Halloween-related thing, uh, topic. So um, stay tuned for that. Now, 
one will release on the 30th, and we'll have one released on the 31st. So just a little teaser for that next week. And on the 13th, uh, we're going to be having some content content that is to be determined. And then on the 20th, we'll be doing a look back at 2023, uh, just some things God has done, and just talking about some of our favorite things from this year. So you don't want to miss that. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with Extreme Thrills on the 27th of November. But um, the podcast is going strong, and we are so excited for Season 3. We're starting to get in contact with some of our guests and you don't want to miss these guests. These are going to be some really good ones. And I know we've said all season, all oh, this is getting better. This is getting better. And it's just doing that. It keeps getting better and better. And we will announce some of those maybe in December, early January. Uh, but I know we're going to be kicking off with a guest and we'll announce that guest um, at the end of December going into January. But Stay tuned for more announcements on season three and what we have in store. Or, se- yeah, season three. Wow, time is flying, y'all. <laughs> but um, the podcast and then our riveyourlifeshop.com. So our merch shop. We have two new designs up there. We're going to be getting more the closer we get to the holiday season. But right now we have one that says the retract life, and it's a it's our take on a coaster manufacturers logo so it's um our take on that check it out and then we also have one that uh, we just put out and i have to look in the shop i don't remember what i posted but oh it is the river life compass so we have a royal compass and it's our um our direction for faith and fun so check out that so we have the royal compass and we have the retract life t-shirt and uh, merch available on our shop and like i said we're gonna have more over time but um, check that out get yourself something um, or get someone something for christmas <laughs> who knows but um, check that out it's riveyourlifeshop.com fruitful radio that's been going great uh, you get to Tune in each Tuesday and Thursday evening at 7 p.m. And Tuesday night is the premiere of an episode. And then Thursday night's just an encore in case you miss it on Tuesday. And you can visit uh, fruitfulmedia.app to listen to it on their website. Or you can visit riveyourlifeministries.com and uh, listen to it on our website as well. Uh, we've got some cool things coming up in 2024 that we're going to be talking about in December. So stay tuned for that. Um, but I believe that's all the announcements we have now, uh, for Rive Your Life. So yeah, but, uh, again, thank you all for tuning into this episode. We're going to be heading into our main segment in just a moment. Uh, but, uh, if you have any suggestions for this podcast, any topic suggestions, any guest suggestions, uh, feel free to send those to send those um, suggestions to us through our social media. You know, it's River Life, at Rive Your Life Ministries, or you can visit our website, RiveYourLifeMinistries.com. Send us a contact message there, or you can text us. Our Rive Your Life hotline is 513-285. 8319 and that, again that is 513-285-8319 and send us your suggestions and we will consider those uh, for future episodes so 
With that being said, we're going to go ahead and go into our main segment for this week, talking about the lies of the enemy. Let's go. Welcome to this week's main segment of the Rive Your Life podcast and Rive Your Life show, or the Royal Show as we're calling it. Um, this week we are going to, uh, we've had some fun episodes. We have we had one last week and we're having one coming up next week. Uh, but I thought we would take some time just to um, sit down and just talk God's word and uh, look at a topic this weekend. Uh, one of the things that came to mind this week and just with the world around us and just seeing Satan's attacks on the believer and even the non-believers. Um, today we're going to be looking at the thought of the lies of the enemy, the lies of the devil. And you have all sent us some things, uh, some lies that you know the devil uses to distract us and to get us away from God's word. Um, and we have a few of ours own as well. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of these, um, just quote some scripture and talk about why why this is, uh, why um, what the devil says is a lie, and uh, just back it up. So um, the first one here that we're going to start off with, and I think Ryan and I will just um, talk back and forth. We'll um, announce what the, uh, I guess, topic, if you would, is, and then uh, we'll talk about just give scripture and just go back and forth and just see where the Lord leads from that. But uh, the first one we have here, the first lie of the enemy is, you can wait to get saved. Um, you have a whole life ahead of you to do it. So, um, the lie of the devil is um, you don't have to get saved right now. You can wait later down the road. So, um, Ryan, what are your yeah, thoughts on this? No, that, that's not good. I mean, that's the thing is there's so many people, even in the church, that will get comfortable and complacent and they will they will twist that and like legalistically like Jesus is never going to turn away a repentant heart but at the same time Jesus himself mm-hmm. makes it very clear in Luke 14 that you know there's a cost to being his disciple and at the end of the chapter you know it talks about like the whole chapter itself in summary is about like what it looks like to live the life as a disciple, which is obviously dying to yourself, living for the will of the Lord, not yourself, doing your best not to sin. I mean, Jesus says not to, but we know that we are sinful human beings and we are going to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. when you when you read further into that chapter, he also talks about what it looks like when you do not do those things. And at the very end of the chapter, Jesus says that those people are like tasteless salt and thrown out to the dump. And clearly, if you can read between the lines, God despises lukewarmness. He despises it. So mm-hmm. uh, between lukewarmness and just waiting, it's not a good idea. You have a life ahead of you that God has prepared. He's got a plan for you, whether you know it or not. And if you're willing to just look up to him and accept that plan and live to his will, he will use you in every way he can. And you're going to see a purpose. And there's just no reason to waste your life. I think John Piper even wrote a book on even wrote a book on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with that, some verses that came to mind uh, when I thought of this lie of the devil. 
Um, 2 Corinthians 6.2 tells us that today is the day of salvation. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. And in James 4.14 says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. And 1 Corinthians 15.51 and 52 tells us, Behold, I show you a mystery, that we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So, these verses here point to the fact that we are not guaranteed another breath here on earth. We're not guaranteed another moment. Um, our life is like a vapor. It, it's here for a little time, and it vanishes away. And we see here, going back to um, the Second Corinthians 6, 2, today is the day to get saved. And then looking at the James and First Corinthians, we're not guaranteed a tomorrow. So when the Satan puts that thought into your mind, oh, well, you could put that off. You, you can probably do it tomorrow. Maybe next time you go to church, but you can skip it today. Here's the thing. You could get in a car crash. You could, I've known people who just young age, good health, all that, their life ends. Not to scare anybody, but it's one of those things you have to consider that we are not guaranteed another second. And if you die without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you will spend eternity in hell. And hell is a literal place meant for the devil and his angels and his demons. And the Bible tells us we have to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to get to heaven. And we can't get to heaven on our own. We, there's, the Bible tells us that not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. And uh, it's simple faith and trust in Jesus Christ, a decision you have to make on your own. It's something I can't make for you, Ryan can't make for you, Leah, Kenzie, whoever. No one can make that decision for you. It's something you have to make today. Are you going to choose to accept Jesus or are you going to reject him? And like I said, you're not guaranteed another moment uh, of life. You're, nev you're not guaranteed another breath. So... It's as simple as ABC. Admit that you're a sinner. The Bible tells us that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Um, we've all broken God's rules, as Ryan said, and uh, we have fallen away from God. And that's why we're sent to hell is because of sin. But we have to believe on Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We have to believe that he came to this earth, died on the cross for our sins. He was sinless. He, he, he took our sin upon him on the cross. And because of that, he was buried and rose again the third day. And the Bible says if we believe in that and put our faith and trust in that, we will go to heaven. And then we have to call upon him to save us. It's a simple prayer just asking Jesus to come to our heart and save us. So if that's something um, you haven't done, reach out to us. And we would love to share with you how you can be sure, uh, how you can be 100% sure you're going to heaven someday. And um, I'm going to go ahead and give this now. If you want to reach out to us, you can text us or call us at 513-285-8319. And this is a decision, like I said, you do not want to put off. This is a decision that you have to make today because we are not guaranteed a tomorrow. And then you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, threads, whatever, whichever way you need to get a hold of us. We would be more than happy to share with you how you can know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. So that lie of the devil has been debunked. So make that choice to accept Jesus Christ today.
All right. Our next one here is God can't forgive that sin. You are bound to that sin forever. Brian, I, I've go ahead and talk I'll about this one. Probably step on toes here, but I've heard many different sects of Christianity. Um, I used to work with a lady at one of the Chick Fil A's I worked for, who, you know, she would dress up in this like extremely pure outfit. Hairs in one of those, forgive me, guys, I don't know what they're called, but I call them head baskets. They look like little baskets that you put apples <laughs> in, but they hold your hair up. I think it's not bonnet, is it? Whatever it's called. But anyway, she, they dress up, and you know, if you're, if you're all about purity and you want to dress up that way, I'm all for it. But where I draw the line is this lady would, young lady, by the way, around my age at the time, she would go around and tell people that once you choose Jesus and accept him into your heart and the salvation of the Lord, you cannot sin one more time. And if you did sin, that God would be angry at you. God would be angry, punish you, and send you to hell. And she literally, this is all she said to justify it. Jesus told the woman at the well, Go therefore and sin no more. And I was like, I was perplexed. I was like, what what Bible are you reading? Like, that's not even who Jesus is. That if you read the if you go to Genesis three and you read, you know, we all know the story about the fall of humanity, but what I don't think people realize is if you read between the lines of that chapter, Jesus shows himself Already in that chapter, conquering death, Jesus came to crush the head of the serpent. You know, God did not, he could have just mm-hmm. wiped out Adam and Eve and said, all right, yep, I made a mistake with humans. It's just going to be me admiring my own creation. But no, he gave humans a second chance and he prophesied the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. in Genesis 3. Don't believe me? Go read it. And from the beginning, yep. God had a plan. When Jesus was put on the cross, God's plan was being fulfilled. When Jesus rose from the dead, God's plan was being fulfilled. And the best news is he did that so every sin in the world would be forgiven. I don't know if you guys remember this, but yep. God literally had to turn his head away from Jesus while he was on the cross because of how ugly and sinful it was. Yep. It was pitiful. And I think this is the craziest thing, but... I probably got to start listing off sins that were forgiven in the Bible. You look at David. Uh, you know, he <laughs> killed a man for one thing. So, murderer. He killed a man because he was lusting after that man's wife. So, uh, I guess you could say pedophile, you know. Adulterer. Adulterer, pedophile, yeah. whatever. Adulterer, yeah. And not to mention, they... Uh, did some things, and you know he was forgiven of that. You could speculate that that was a uh, sensitive word here, but early rape. We don't really know what was going through Bathsheba's head. It didn't really specify, but it happened. It's presumable, yeah. and you know God still used David. You know the story of David and Goliath. That's the same David yeah. and the same David and Bathsheba that were fused into so much sin in the first place, ended up descending into the bloodline of Jesus. So that's one example. 
my other biggest example of many. Look at Saul, everyone. This man killed so many Christians. He was probably the <laughs> biggest persecutor of the church in the New Testament. And then God blinded him and had Ananias go pray for him. And the next thing we know, we have Paul. He's an apostle, and he's writing half your New Testament. So, I mean, right away, those are two horrible, horrible things and a list of things that here on earth, if that happened today, not only would it be unforgiven by the world, you would be blacklisted. Mm -hmm. Your life would essentially not even matter anymore. This is the hard thing today. It's that God wants to use these people, and we as Christians need to support people when they make mistakes like these. But in a sensitive culture that we're in, our tendency is to like, oh, sorry, we're going to have to blacklist you too. So long story short, yeah, God can use anyone. He can forgive anything, and Satan's really good at making it look like that's not the case. Yep. And for this one here, some verses that came to mind, and I love this verse right here, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I could just leave it at that verse right there. That is plain and simple. Jesus Christ, there is not one sin that he dismissed on the cross. He took every single sin from Adam's sin all the way to my great, 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 great grandkids sin, whatever. My point is, if we confess our sins, if we go to Jesus Christ with our sins and say, hey, I messed up, and you are forgiven, you are a child of God, have accepted him as your your Savior, as we just talked about with the last topic. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, and he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the thing I think of with this, too, is like there's so many lowercase g gods in our world. You got your Buddhas, your Allahs, all these people. These people are not willing to forgive their people for mess-ups that they make. Um, You have to basically live a perfect life for these gods. And if you do something wrong, you have to pay the price. You have to hurt yourself for your sins. But here's the here's the neat thing about our God. Our God sent his only begotten son in John 3:16. Uh, it'll be showing up later in our topics, but he sent his only be son, only begotten son Jesus to take that punishment for us. A punishment we should have paid, but God loved us so much he sent his son to be stepped into our place to take on those sins. Take the 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 whip, take the nails, take the spitting, take the crown of thorns everything. He he took all that on us, and all we have to do is first believe on him, uh, ask him to save us of our sins, and ask him to come into our heart. And then once we do mess up, which we will multiple times, I've been saved for almost 10 years, or not 10 years, almost 20 years. That's crazy. Um, and I've messed up many times. I can't even count how many times I messed up and sinned against God. But every single time I prayed and asked him to forgive me of my sins, he's done that. And that's the awesome thing about our guys. Like, we're his kids. And when we do wrong in our parents' eyes, yes, they correct us. Yes, they put us in timeout. They spank us, whatever. But at the end of the day, they still love us. And that's how our God is. He, the Bible tells us the Lord 
loves those he chastens, those he corrects. And then some other verses that came to mind. Um, Isaiah 43.25 says, I, even I, am he that blotteth out the tra thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember they and not remember thy sins. Again, that's Jesus' blood. He covered every single sin on the cross. He blot them out. Second um, Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven." and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And when you think of that verse, you always think of like 4th of July, patriotic stuff. It goes far beyond that. If my people, those who have called upon my name and accepted me as their personal Lord and Savior, if they humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, Jesus, God says here, he'll hear, he'll hear it, and he'll heal it, and forgive. And, uh, Boy, do we need that. And then Psalm 103, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgression from us. Again, going back to, we mess up so many times, but the good thing about our God is he does not remember it when we ask for forgiveness. As that Casting Crown song says, As far as the east is from the west, one scarred hand to the other. Um, Jesus Christ will... <laughs> <laughs> he won't. He won't remember. Praise God, he doesn't remember our sins. Because, like I said, over twenty years of being a Christian, accepting Jesus Christ as my Savior, I can't tell you how many times I've messed up. And the fact that my God loves me enough to blot out all the sins, and every time I sin, it's a new slate with God. I get a fresh new start with my relationship with God when I ask for forgiveness. And he hears me. So, another thing that can debunk Satan's lie of um, you can't be forgiven of a certain sin and your sin binds you forever, that's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. Our God will forgive and heal and forget if we ask for forgiveness. Yeah, and if you read John chapter 9 too, you'll see this on perfect display too. And that's where the prostitute was confronted by the Pharisees, who were religious people, by the way, religious people that think that they have it all together and really just lived an opposite lifestyle that Jesus wanted. And they tried to bring accusation to this prostitute. And long story short, Jesus came up to her and, you know, he, in earthly terms, just looked at her basically and said, hey, how are you doing? I love you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about what these people say. And he looks at the Pharisees, he said, let no one among you cast us to, or let he who is in no sin cast the first stone. So basically he's saying, if you, unless you're perfect yeah. and sinless, you guys don't have a say. And what's funny is if you go back and look at that yeah. uh, chapter, Jesus doesn't even make mention of her sin one time in that conversation. That's pretty mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah. I will, I will, well, I already first did it, but I'll third it too. That God definitely forgives. Yeah. Yeah. And the awesome thing is, He doesn't limit which sins He does and does not forgive. Uh, it's all sin, and we've all fallen short. 
but we're all forgiven if you've accepted him as your savior and have asked for forgiveness. So, um, the next one we have here is you can lose your salvation. And uh, that's another lie of the devil. You cannot lose your salvation. And there are many scriptures to back this up that you cannot lose your salvation. So, Brian, go ahead and start us off here. What is it? Isn't it Matthew 19 where Jesus gives the parable of the lost sheep? I know it's one of those Matthew night. It's like chapter 18 all the way through 22. I think it's all parables. It's in there somewhere. But, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus, he left the 99 to f- follow his one last sheep. And, I mean, yes, this is a very, very, very popular passage of the Bible. And, yes, it is commonly referred to, but it's that simple. If you are straying away from the life you're supposed to be living, it is God's nature to chase after you and bring you back to the light as a shepherd does for a sheep. And I, it, it's just the simplest image. Like what kind of shepherd just like goes, eh, he's gone. Let's focus on the 99 and a half. Like that's not the God we serve. The God we serve is perfect. He's loving. Yeah. And that is how much he loves you. He'd go out of his way. And, you know, yeah. there's a lot of theological debates over this one. I don't, I, I just can't get behind it though. Like that it's, that passage exists for a reason. That in itself is enough to convince me that God will never give up on you. As long as you don't give up on him. Yeah. And the thought too is Jesus went to the cross once to forgive sins once. And yes, we'll mess up multiple times, but if we had to earn our salvation over and over again, that means Jesus would have to go to the cross over and over and over again. And some scripture to back up that you cannot lose your salvation. John 10, 28 through 29. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And then verse 30, it says, I and my Father are one. So Jesus Christ and God, and so the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all three in one. And no man's able to take them out of that. And uh, it's not like when you sin, the Holy Spirit's like, oh, you sinned. Adios. I'll see you in a bit. Or see if you get saved again. No, he's in you all the way. Once you get saved, he's in you until you go to heaven and um, all that. But um, eternal life. Eternal means forever. <laughs> it's the it's that big infinity sign that you think of the little um, the little sideways eight or whatever you want to call it, but um, eternal life. And if salvation wasn't eternal and everlasting and ongoing, why did Jesus say that would make him a liar? And uh, I know God is not a liar. And he, what he says, he says, and it's true. And we know the devil is the father of lies. So when God says he's going to give you eternal life, that means 
life everlasting. There is no beginning, or there's no end. There is a beginning when you accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, but there is no end. It's like a gift, um, as we see. Um, we're going to see in a, another verse here in a moment, but a gift for Christmas. When you're given a gift, the giver is not going to be like, hey, you've been naughty this Christmas, give me it back. No, it's a gift you're going to have forever. And uh, you can't take it back. Once you give the gift, um, it's yours. And uh, once you've accepted it, John six thirty seven says, "All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out." Again, God will not get rid of those who's if, those who have accepted Him as their personal Lord and Savior. Uh, John five twenty four, and I've noticed this with a lot of these verses about um, what we call eternal security, which is once you're saved, you're always saved. Uh, but a lot of these verses are in the Gospel of John, and John's one of my favorite um, Gospels and one of my favorite books of the Bible, just for the fact it's is literally all the Gospels wrapped up in one, and said plain and simple for even a child to understand. Um, John's one of those books when people say, "Hey, Lord." I want to start reading the Bible. Where do I go first? I say John, because it, it, it's literally who Jesus is and the love of Jesus and why he came and what he offers to us as sinners. But back to John 5, 24, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on me that send me hath, hath everlasting life and shall not come unto condemnation, but is passed from death into life. And um, yeah. Again, that everlasting life through Jesus Christ when we've accepted him as our Savior. And probably the most well-known verse in the whole Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, that means anyone, uh, young, old, black, white, you fill in the blanks there, that whosoever, put your name in there, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And again, there's that everlasting life, never ending. And uh, Romans 8, uh, 38, 38 and 39 says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that could take that away from us. Once we're saved, we're always saved. And Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, that gift, once you've received it and have taken it and claimed it as your own, it is there with you forever and ever. So, again, we're debunking the devil here. You cannot lose your salvation. You may mess up, you may slip up, but you cannot lose that free gift from God. He's given to you. So, um, next, the fun one, prosperity, and Joel Osteen. Oh who <laughs> the prosperity? Exactly. And uh, I know we're going to be stepping on some toes here, but the Bible says a lot about this and uh, health and wealth and all that good stuff. <laughs> And Ryan, go ahead and start us off. Oh Lord, There's, get our feet dirty here, man. I mean, how, this is a tough one because you want to you want to come across in a way that it's going to make sense for people that might not know who these people are. But 
I mean, Joel Osteen is probably the most popular false teacher on the internet, but he's not the only one. There's so many apostate churches drifting into this state of, you know, man-centered religion and teaching that, you know, things that are unbiblical are okay. And one of which is a teaching that, you know, if you give to a church, I mean, obviously there's a difference between tithing, but, but the, these people will say, well, if you give the church this much money, then God's going to bless you in this many ways. And, you know, Joel Osteen is very popular for that. And he just, honestly, I don't even know if the dude even preaches anymore. He just goes up there and starts rambling for an hour long and then always has a nice little smile to go with it. And, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing. It's, it, you know, God didn't, you know, God gave us wisdom and maybe this is a potential episode that we can do in the future is stewardship, Christian stewardship. But yeah, you know, God, God's money is his money. But there's other forms yep. of prosperity gospel that don't exactly involve money as well. And that's like the health side of it. And I intend to notice this a lot in the, hear me out. I'm not calling out Pentecostals as problems. What I am about to say is a lot of Pentecostal churches and churches that still practice spiritual gifts have this issue. And the issue is, they believe that they can go out on the street and physically heal people. And that is a, that God is the healer. Yes. You can call on the healer. Yes, you can. But you cannot snap your fingers and train people to heal because God is the healer. We can pray, but you can't. And it just, it, it blows my mind. And what scares me is that some of these people who claim to be Christians and healers, they get so caught up in, you know, I'm all for evangelism, but they get so caught up in this, like, I've been hearing them call this healing ministries. And what they would do is they would go out and instead of just simply praying for people's healing, they'll like, they'll try and perform the miracle themselves. And I mean, this is up for debate, but sometimes it works. And, you know, it's, this is a little bit of a side rant here, but what, when something like that happens, what I've tend to notice is instead of like the book of James, where it says, whatever you do, good works, do not boast for them. Just, you know, just do it out of the kindness of your heart and leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to make this all about you. I've noticed a lot of these types of churches and ministries will go out and do that. And they, they flip the attention back on themselves. And that's a huge thing that I can see. Like, ultimately, this is what prosperity teaching does, whether it's health or wealth, is that they want to teach you what you want to hear. And they don't preach God's mm-hmm. word. They don't preach the gospel. They preach feel-good messages and try and work miracles. And I don't think that's what God, no, it's not what God had intended. We are called to go out and pray for people. Again, praying for healing is fine. Just don't go out and mm-hmm. try yep. to do it yourself. 
Okay. You don't need someone to yeah. train you how to heal. You don't need. Um, I mean, why don't we just address it all while we're at it? Sometimes these, yes, prosperity tends to go with spiritual gifts too. They'll use spiritual gifts to kind of cloud over it, saying, "Oh, it's biblical. Read First Corinthians 14," and then they'll use like prophetic ministry and things like that to tell people, "Like, hey, your life is going to get better because." God gave me this vision, and I'm a prophetic, and I was a trained prophetic. I went to this church for X amount of months or years, and it's all just, you know, spiritual gifts. I, it, they're not necessary anymore. If you keep reading First Corinthians 14, you will learn that spiritual gifts were used for a time. But now they're unnecessary because we just don't need them. We have the Holy Spirit with us. That could be its own episode. And I'm trying not to ramble, guys. But altogether, <laughs> like, yeah. spiritual gifts, healing, and prophetic words, and money. Like, all those things grouped together under the prosperity gospel. I don't find it to be very biblical. I think it's dishonoring to the Lord, and you're missing the bigger picture of evangelism. I hope I made sense, everyone. Yep. <laughs> you did. And it hit the nail on the head there. And uh, Like Ryan said, there are some specific gifts that are no longer used um, in today's society, in the church today. Uh, sure, we have our preachers, teachers, givers, but uh, God's given people a heart and a gift to give and a heart to teach and to administrate and things like that. But uh, speaking in tongues and healing are not there today. Uh, those ceased in the uh, time of Paul. And again, that's one of those topics for another time. But to get back to our thought here of uh, prosperity, it all goes back to tithing. Tithing is commanded by God. And in Malachi 3, Verse 10 says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that ye may be able uh, that ye may be meat unto my house, and approve now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be a room enough to receive it. So um giving God uh what he's given us, giving back to God what he's given us, ten percent tithe, give it to the Lord. And uh Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus. And we don't have to rely upon, am I doing X, Y, and Z for God to, to bless me? Um, and what that verse tells me here is, when we need something, God will supply our need when he sees fit. It may not be on our timetable. It may not be exactly when we want it. But God gives us what we need when we need it most, according to his riches and glory. And if you you see something, a need in your life, like, oh my goodness, I need the Lord to intervene, and you don't see it right then, don't put, again, this is another lie of the devil, don't think, well, God doesn't love me, and he's not doing this, um, I must have done something wrong, uh, for lack of better terms there. But think of this. God's shown himself throughout scripture multiple ways. One of the things that comes to mind is with Abraham and Sarah and uh, Isaac, their son. They were up in age, and God promised him that he would uh, be the father of many nations. And 
he was childless <laughs> into three digits of of age, but God gave them exactly what um, they needed when they needed it. It wasn't in their timetable, but it was in God's. But all that to say, prosperity is a lie of the devil. <laughs> Health, wealth, and all that stuff, that's of the devil. And uh, we can't work our way to heaven. We can't work our way to get um, God to give us something. It's all in his timetable and in his will that he gives us what we need when we need it. Exactly. So uh, that debunks that lie of the devil. Uh, next. Follow your heart and follow your dreams. The Disney gospel. Yikes. I mean, Brian. doesn't Jesus say it pretty bold and clear? Uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understandings. In Proverbs 3, 5. I mean, there's a reason he said that. Because the yep. heart of man is deceitful. Because we are born sinners. And this one... You know, last topic, yeah. very complex. And yeah, I accidentally rambled there for a bit. This pretty cut and dry, just like <laughs> my steak. You you need to just not do that. Jesus couldn't be any more clear. Even his apostles, Paul, Peter, John, they all were warning against leaning on your own understanding and your own path. I mean, essentially, when you lean, when you follow yeah. your heart, what you're actually doing, whether you like to admit it or not, is you're following the devil's plan for your life. Because that's all he did. Yeah. It wasn't God's way, it was his way. I don't know. Pretty simple. Yeah. And Ryan quoted it there, but Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that right there should debunk this whole thing. But there's more scripture to talk about this. But our hearts are so deceitful because we are sinners. And it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? I don't know about you, but I don't want to trust my heart if it's wicked and uh, desperate, <laughs> desperately wicked and deceitful. I wouldn't want to trust that if I were you. So that's why we need to trust in the Lord. And like Ryan said from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on to your understanding. Don't lean on yourself. Because when you lean on yourself, you're going to fall. You're, you're going to mess up big time. And because we're human, we are destined to fail. We are guaranteed failure. And uh, that's when we have to rely upon a perfect, holy, and uh, trustworthy God that we can lean on. And um, some more scriptures to back up this thought of our heart being deceitful is the thought that Throughout scripture, it says we have to cleanse our heart and have to have a clean heart before God. Psalm 51.10 tells us, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a uh, right spirit within me. If my heart is so perfect, why would I need it cleaned? Again, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24 tells us, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Hebrews four ten or Hebrews four twelve, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
And the Word of God, we've been quoting it all night. It has the power to convict us and to cut past our wicked heart, as we saw here. Proverbs 4, 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Again, our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Matthew 15, 18 through 20 says, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts, murderers, adulterers, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Yikes. Sin begins in the heart. Everything comes from the heart. The heart is the producer of our life. If it wasn't for our hearts, we would not be living. And out of it flows the blood of our, our bodies. Our heart, it, it controls us. And where does hate come from? The heart. Where does sin come from? The heart. And the gates to our heart, the eyes and the ears. What comes in, comes out. So if you're putting bad things into your life, into the source of your life, the heart, bad's going to come out. So I, there's many more scriptures. James 4, 8, I'll draw an eye unto God and he'll draw an eye unto you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Uh, and there's more scriptures about the heart. I, I wouldn't trust my heart. <laughs> I wouldn't trust my dreams. Trust the Lord. Because you know he's reliable, and you can trust that he's going to do what is right for us, lead us where he needs us to be, and we need to trust the Holy Spirit to outweigh our heart and to go above our heart and give us discernment and right judgment for what we need to do in this life. So don't follow your heart. Don't follow your dreams. Follow God. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. As a Christian, you need to follow the Holy Spirit and trust and know that He is doing exactly what God wants you to do in your life to be more like Jesus Christ. Again, we're not perfect. We are destined to fail. There are times where we follow our heart. But it's in those times we need to look to Jesus because He will lead us in the way everlasting. And I think the one thing to remember, too, is it. it God's also not saying like he doesn't care about your dreams and ambitions. Like he even says it in his word. Absolutely. I can't think of where off the top of my head. I think mm-hmm. it's somewhere in one of Paul's letters, I believe. But God literally says that he cares about your ambitions. He knows them. Mm-hmm. And with that, God has sometimes given you ambitions. So for me, one of the things instilled to me and you guys already know what I'm going to say more than likely, is doing social media, photography, and YouTube. That's a gift. It's a God-given gift, and that's something that I not only, I can only assume that God wants me to grow in, but I want to grow in myself. And I think there's like a fine line there where it's like, it's okay to be self-motivated, but you can't be self-motivated by yourself. That's the biggest thing. You have to run everything by God. It will impact your decision-making. 
it will impact your wisdom, it will impact the process and everything. So keep drinking bit, just don't let it go to your head and let God be the leader of it. And I think the verse you're referencing there, um, Ryan, is from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God knows God knows our desires. He knows what we want to do, and especially things we want to do for him. Um, I'm not saying, hey, don't strive to be the best you want to be and strive for a career goal, whatever. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't rely on your heart to do what you want to do. Rely on the Lord to direct you in the way you need to go in life. Again, the heart's deceitful, but God is faithful and just and will lead us where he needs us to go. So uh, that is, uh, don't trust your heart. Trust the Lord. Uh, next one here, and I believe we're wrapping up with the, I believe this is the last one. And this is a good one to hit home with. Because this is one that we all struggle with, and this is a sin. It's actually a sin. Um, because we're putting God on the back burner, saying, you don't, you don't know anything, God. But the lie of the devil that we all face every now and then is, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to meet God's standards. You're not good enough. And that's one of the leading thoughts, and again, this could be a whole other episode, why so many people decide to take their life, because they don't think they're worthy to have another breath. They don't think they're worthy to be on this earth. And let me tell you this before I turn it over to Ryan, you are worth it. You are loved by a holy, loving God. You're loved by us here at Rive Your Life Ministries. We don't care who you are, what race you are, uh, where you place yourself in this life. We don't care who you are. We love you, and there's a God who loves you even more. And uh, we want you to know that you are worth it. If you're struggling with depression and things like that, keep on. You, you're worth it. You can make it past this. If you need someone to talk to, talk to us. We would love to help you through a, a, a dark part of your life. But Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you, and then I'll Kind of go back to yeah, where I was if thinking. You, if you feel that way, first of all, let me just say, I'm, we're all going through it. I mean, one of the yep. things we pride ourselves in here at Right of Your Life is we we don't put on an act. We don't want you guys to just see the highlights of our lives and you know act like we're all perfect and that we don't make mistakes. Because trust me, we do. And... You know, I think that's mm-hmm. something we need to do better at, at, not only as a church, but anyone in Christian media of any kind, whether it be music or podcasting or just simple evangelism. I mean, everyone needs to know that we are we are far from perfect people. And, you know, coming yeah. in, I mean, doing a, doing jobs my whole life that I have not been the slightest bit passionate about just to get a paycheck home just so I can pay my bills and at, you know, maybe once a year, go do a week of something I love to do, but you know, it, it gets depressing. Sometimes you, you want to, 
you have this ideal standard in life. And again, you know, you don't want to lean too much on your own heart, as we just discussed. But you also can't help but think, like, it's got to get better than this. This burnout's killing me. I'm tired. Every day I go home, I'm too tired to even do the things I enjoy doing. It's just, it seems like it's one thing after another. Trust me, I'm there. I didn't say I've been there. I am there. So, I mean, I guess the best way to handle that is just remember that, first of all, just think about all the good things that God has done in your life already. Think about, I mean, it's okay to, you can't idolize your accomplishments, but it's okay to look at your accomplishments of what you've done in however many years you've been on this earth, because I'm sure you've done something well. And that's something to be proud of. If you're doing the best that you can, that's something to be proud of right there. Because this life is hard, and God didn't say it would be easy. The other thing I would say is just don't give up. People love you. Um, that's tough because the enemy likes to put it on you like we just discussed, that you know, you're not good enough and no one loves you and no one cares about you. And like... I don't know how many more times we could say it in this episode, but we've made it abundantly clear that God thinks the world of you. He sent a son for you. But even on an earthly standard, like there are people that God has surrounded with you with that love you more than you think. And sometimes they might even be unbelievers that you were called to reach and you don't even see that bigger picture in the moment because you're just so burnt out. I'm, I'm there. I've been there. But just remember that in spite of your sin that you're struggling with, in spite of, you know, maybe you've been out of the word for a while, or you're hit and miss, or one week you're tired, next week you just want to lay in bed all week. I'm sorry. <laughs> one week you're in bed all week, and then the next week you want to be up energetic and doing things, and or maybe it's every other day. You know, I don't know. We're all different, but. All that to say, just don't give up. Uh, in Second Timothy, Paul writes about running a race. In fact, I think he states that in a few of his letters. But the one particular, it says, to not give up on the race. Because this life is hard. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be hard times. But when you run with God... He just always seems to make things work, even when you don't think they will. And I'm speaking from personal experience. I've been forgiven of things that I would have never thought I'd be forgiven of. I've been used in areas of my life that I never thought could have been possible. I mean, you're talking to a guy who had Asperger's and couldn't communicate with people. And now I have a YouTube channel ministry. That's all God. I didn't do that. I didn't choose that life for myself. He brought me to it. So, yeah, just don't give up. Just know that people love you, and you're not alone. You're, you're not the only one going through it. It could be worse, too. Um, God, I hate bringing this up, but the, the situation in Israel right now is just, it's, it's just heartbreaking to look at. Innocent people being slaughtered of all ages for absolutely no reason other than evil it's sickening but 
it is remorsefully humbling that we over here in America, or if you're in a safe country, get to wake up every day, go to work, come home, keep your money, and know that there's a good chance that no one's coming to take your head off that night. And that's something you can be thankful for, too. Absolutely. And going back to what I was saying, too, and what Ryan's alluded to, you are worth it. Your breath is worth it. Um, man, just you may not think that there are people that care if you were gone or if you were not existing. You're going to leave behind a lot of sadness. <laughs> and uh, we want to let you know, again, we, we care about you. We love you. Most importantly, Jesus Christ loves you. And uh, one of the ways to show that you are worth it and, and um, your life is valuable, your life was so valuable that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you. And I know we said this multiple times throughout the um, talk today in this main segment, but Jesus Christ went to the cross because he saw that you were worth it that your life was worth dying for. And, um, man, it, it's, it's crazy. Just thinking that I have had loved ones and I've had friends and all that who've thought they weren't worth it. And man, it, it hurts. Uh, it, and, um, but some verses to consider to let you know that you're worth it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. So we see here that, again, you were worth Jesus Christ dying for on the cross, and that you were made in his image. You were made, you were his workmanship. God made you to be you. God made you specifically. Here's the crazy thing. There's only one of you. <laughs> well, you might think there might be, no, well, I'm a twin. What, whatever. Like, you're, you're more different than your twin or whatever. But God saw fit to make uniquely you. He cared enough to do that. He cared to put the details of you that no one else has these details. Consider the thumbprint or any fingerprint at all. Your, your prints are not the same as someone else's. My fingerprints are not the same as Ryan's. God cared enough about me and loved me so much to give me my own identity. And again, that's a whole other topic. But you're enough that God made you you. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and for he has formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, and I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. You are God's. You are, you're enough. You're worth it. You are God's. Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I'm not going to read all these. It talks about how, and um, Jesus even here in the scripture just talks about, you're so much worth it. You're, you're more than the sparrows. You're more um, than all these different things. Um, and you don't have to worry about these things. You don't have to worry about, um, what you're going to, 
wear, eat, drink, whatever. God's going to supply. God's going to supply your needs according to His riches and glory. But we have to seek Him first, the kingdom of God, this in His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, take no thought of tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought of itself. Sufficient unto the day of the evil thereof is the day of the evil thereof. Um, Jeremiah one five. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and ordained thee to a prophet unto nations. And, and Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14 says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. In Romans 5, 8, but God commenced his love toward us, and that while he, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And just, just remember that. When you feel down, when you feel out, when you feel like no one loves you, know that there's a God that loves you. And he loved you so much that, one, first and foremost, he came to die for you. And secondly, he made you to be you. And he created you uh, with a purpose. And there was no mistake. When he formed you in your mother's womb, when he when he gave you your gender, your name, all this, when he designed you in your mother's womb before you came into this world, he did it with a purpose because he loves you. And ultimately, he loves you so much, he wants to have a relationship with you. And if you don't get anything out of this podcast today, if you don't get anything out of this episode, this main segment, whatever, know that there's a God that loves you. And wants you to know that you are worth it. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you if you don't have one already with him. So, um, that is all the um, uh, thoughts that we came up with. All the, um, the lies of the devil. And ultimately, we could go on and on and on with all the different lies and things that Satan tells us. And we can back it up with scripture saying, hey, that's wrong. And, uh, man, don't listen to the devil. <laughs> and, uh, it, it's even shown in scripture where he even tried to use scripture against Jesus, but he took it out of context and, uh, and Jesus debunked him with the word of God, the correct things uh, of God and the words of God. But, um, be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. Um, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be on guard. Watch out for the devil. He is on the prowl, and he wants nothing more than to take your soul. Turn your life over to Jesus. Give your soul to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. You will not regret it. And remember to put on the full armor of God that you can defend yourself against the devil. And that's hiding God's word in your heart. Taking these scriptures um, that we talked about today, I don't know if you want to go back and write these down or whatever you need to do. But hide these scriptures in your heart to defeat the devil. The way that Jesus could uh, debunk the devil when he is tempted in the wilderness was through scripture. And that's the best way we can defeat the devil is through scripture. Because God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, as we saw earlier. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts? As we yeah, first of all, up. thank you everyone who submitted these thoughts for sure. Um, <laughs> this yep. is, I mean, that in itself is just proof that these are thoughts that 
everyday human beings like me and you get. It's not just the two of us on yep. this podcast acting like lunatics. Every every believer goes through this. So, uh, just again, you're not alone. Um, thanks for sending in the not questions. I guess you would call them. I, they they could be misconceptions or thoughts. Misconceptions. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. If you ever need us, reach out. You can reach me at Christian Coasters on Instagram, or uh, if you find one of my YouTube videos, leave a comment. I'm pretty easy to respond to, so just find me there, and I'd be happy to help you. Absolutely, and same for me. Um, your best luck with getting hold of me is through Rive Your Life Ministries again. Our number that you can contact Rive Your Life Ministries is 513-285-8319. And again, that's 513-825-8319. Leave us a text, voicemail, whatever, and we will get a hold of you there. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, threads. Send us a DM. You can email us at um, Ministries at gmail.com. Visit our website. Uh, riverlifeministries.com go to our contact page and if you want to send a specific person a message um, with a question it'll go tr- uh, straight to them uh, so go to our contact page select whoever you want to contact if you want to contact us all like everyone we want to be a help and a resource for you uh, we don't want you to make a decision that you will regret and uh, we'll leave a lot of people in sorrow you're worth it. There's a God that loves you, and there's a devil that hates you. Live for the God that loves you and wants you to live. It'll be the best decision you ever make. So, with that being said, thank you all for joining us this week here on the Rive Your Life podcast and the Royal Show. Join us next week for another great episode as we um, have a little bit of fun with our episode <laughs> a little uh, fun episode to go into the halloween season whatever but um again thank you all so much for listening and uh, i want to encourage you all this here's a challenge for you all share this episode with someone who needs it share it with something with someone who's struggling because you might be able to maybe save a life so i don't know but I encourage you to share this with your friends, not just to get the word out about Rive Life, but to let people know that there's a God that loves them and there's a way to defeat the devil that hates you. So with that being said, God bless you all. Have a great week and we will see you next week. Peace. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Ride of Your Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review or ranking on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ, as well as brings up more discussion on all things coasters and parks. Stay connected with the Royal Fam through our website, riveyourlifeministries.com, as well on social media at Ride of Your Life Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. Also, be sure to check out our merch store, Ride of Your Life Shop for some awesome royal merch. We hope you all have a great week, and we look forward to the next episode 
next Monday. God bless. We hope to see you all in the parks. Peace.